It's Page Avenue Crew. My name is Adam. Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Ryan. Josh. I'm Drew. <laughs> I'm Drew. Dan, get out of here and let me take over your mic. Drew, your voice is really matured. Get a lower voice. You're super tall. I would have thought you'd be way tougher than that. It's annoying. You do kind of look Viking-ish. Yeah. Are you from the Nordic country, bro? Yeah. No? No. You're just naturally that swollen tall. Jemen. Mm, like um, uh, we're flying out tomorrow to fly to uh, Phoenix. So Dan's going to start walking Tempe. to the airport. <laughs> so I, I'm going to leave now because I'm scared to fly. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take a canoe up the Mississippi. No, but I do have to go pick my kids up right now because we're doing this at the early time again. So Drew's going to take over for me with that cool voice of his. Bye. Um, fuck you guys. Bye, Dick. Screw yourself. Bye. Dickweed. Drew, come on over yonder. Hey, it's me. It's Drew. <laughs> It's no, it's true. You sound just like I expected. It's true. It's true. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. Godspeed, guys. I hope he has a great trip. You think he's gonna be safe, or you think he's gonna be in peril the whole time from all the dangers? What? You think he'll be in peril from all the dangers on the way to Phoenix? Dan? Yeah, in his canoe. Mm, I don't know. We should do an emo con- uh, tr- flow trip. <laughs> You know, just a bunch of emo people in nature. Yeah, uh, it's on like a rainy day, like in ooh. October. Look, we call it emos don't float. <laughs> yeah, float emo with story of the year. <laughs> Drew, didn't you have the idea of oh god of emo uh, camping, glamping, emo glamping? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course yeah, I, I did. I've been talking about that. Yeah. Well, it's a great idea. Still, it was then and is now. All my ideas are great. Mm. Yeah, go ahead and write that one down, bud. Yeah. Put it in the uh, the shared note. Yep. Hey, did you guys have a good show the other day in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale? Did you have fun? Yes. I had fun. I thought it was like the most like low stress, easy, just kind of like, oh, we just played a show on the beach. Okay. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just like a nice show. Like oh, we rolled up and finally like found the stage and all the loaders were like, hey guys. And they just loaded all our shit and we just like, bro. I was, I was hung over all day. <laughs> <laughs> there are... Uh, no shortage of, how do I put this? There's certain like, uh, I don't know if what's a better word, stigmas or just like connotations that come with Florida. You know, Mm -hmm. I found everyone that I talked to down to the fucking person in Fort Lauderdale to be super, um, just happy, salt of the earth, just fucking nice people. It's like the nicest collective group of people I've I've been around in ever. Maybe it was unbelievable. Everybody, people at the hotel, the loaders, People at fucking gas stations, everywhere you go, everyone's just like chill and happy. Everyone seemed cool to me. Yeah. I went to bed at 8.01 p.m. <laughs> Dude, everyone was wonderful there. I was sleeping at like 7, then I woke back up. <laughs> yeah, because we both, we played it, what, we played it fucking like 2 in the afternoon or whatever. Yep. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it was a combination of like eating a whole big ass meal and being tired from traveling and the show and then my Adderall trailing off and then not taking another one or what, but like at 7.30 p.m., I had like one eye open. On the way back to the to the hotel in the in the van, I was fully like just like, like nodding off, fully asleep. You know what I loved? I loved the first night, how we just got, we got to hang out with Grady. Shout out, Grady. He came with us. Shouts out. Shouts out to Grady. Um, I love how we just sat by that pool and just like got beers and just hung out. For hours, just sitting there. I, I don't know. I, we haven't done that in a long time. It that's was where, tight. That's where, I the loved ha- it. that's where the hangover happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan, got, Dan got super drunk, and we were like one. He and I were like two of three people that were left at the very end of the night. And we, we started talking, because I was editing this this thing with for uh, a Star Wars thing. Uh, 
and we got to talking about shit music and stuff. And he was like, just like talking about something. I won't be specific, but he was like, I fucking hate that song. It fucking sucks. We were like going back and forth about what we did or didn't like. And at one point he goes, I don't know why I'm being so fucking abrasive. Yeah, he told me the next day, he's like, man, I feel like I was kind of mean to Adam. And I was like, <laughs> no I was like, bro, I've had a lot of moments like that where after I'm like, dang, I think I was just a little harsh, you know? It was funny to me, though, because he said that, and I was like, oh, this is good. I get it. Yeah. He's drunk, and this is fun. Yeah. That's just kind of how I walk through life. <laughs> but we were basically, we were having a conversation about music and, uh, like, the origin of emo and how, I was talking about how I think, like, emo's kind of transcended genre because it's so much bigger now, whatever. We were going back and forth about that. He's like, no, nah, it's all the same shit. No, this, this, that's, that's not that. You know, he was just very kind of like kind of grumpy about the music, about the music conversation we were having. And at some point I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like none of it matters. It's all so subjective. Like music I had this long conversation with Jordan today about it. Music is so incredibly subjective. Like you can say whether or not a band is like good at playing their instruments together, whether or not they're tight, whether or not a song is catchy, but like, I think U2 is the most boring thing I've ever heard. They're also one of the biggest bands in the world. I love music that Dan thinks is fake. Like, I love comedy music. He thinks it's fake music, you know? It's so fucking subjective. Dude, all of art Who is cares? subjective. Yeah. That's why I can't fuck with critics and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's all subjective. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I think most people on Earth would agree, like, Shawshank Redemption is pretty fantastic. <laughs> you know? But, like, yeah. I don't know. It's still fucking pretty subjective, yeah. you know? It's art. Storytelling, you can be a little more objective about it. Like, does this story make sense? Will people be able to follow it? Yeah. Is it original or not? But music is like... Well, there's like stuff like, is it a question of good or bad? Or just like, like a, like when, when Avatar came out or something, I'm just, just the first thing came in my head. Right. Like, you can't really dispute the fact that it was like pretty groundbreaking, like CG and stuff. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't like it. We can all agree, like, damn, that shit looks incredible, especially for the time, you know? Mm -hmm. There's stuff like that, but at the core, good or bad, dude. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Does it achieve its goal of entertaining, yes or no? Yeah. That's kind of what it is to me. You were about to say something. Uh, freedom suggestive, bleh. I can't even talk. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you going to try again or no? Freedom is subjective. <laughs> freedom isn't free. Morning. <laughs> and it's bad timing on the joke. It's all right. But it made me think of this thing, this podcast I listened to last week. You know, Adam Conover, Adam Ruins Everything. You know that guy? Mm -hmm. He had this woman on who is a neuroscientist and an author and a published, she's a published scientist. But she, her, the beginning of her professional adult career was as an audio engineer. She worked on Purple Rain and a bunch of other big shit. So her like big break was working for Prince. And when she was like 42 or 43 or something, she basically said, I think I'm going to do something else and went and got a fucking neuroscience degree graduated at like 44, I think. And the subject of the podcast was about how people experience music in the brain and how, uh, the time that we are experienced or sorry, the time that we're exposed to music early in life dictates how you experience shit for the rest of your life. Like you, you basically like create your like music profile in your head. And even if stuff's a different genre later in life, like if it appeals to that like basic profile that you created when you were a kid, that dictates what you're going to like or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And people's shit can be completely different. Like somebody might not like any vocals on music. Someone might not be able to listen to instrumental music at all. You know what you I'm know pretty what I mean? sure of? I'm pretty sure that's all of like psychology. Yeah, yeah. It's all just a series of like 
what happened to you before like age seven, and <laughs> right. which pretty much dictates yeah. how the rest of your life plays out, whether yeah. you're anxious, whether you're not, whether you're so forth and so on and so forth, you know? I think we can all agree. Wait, what's that, your name? Oh, this is Dan. Okay. I think we can all agree. Well, now my joke isn't going to be cool. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Prince's music is garbage. <laughs> I disagree. I fucking I'm, totally I'm disagree. Totally, I'm totally okay, kidding. Okay. Totally kidding. Okay. What's weird though. I was is doing the opposite of what you were doing. Okay. I got passionate. <laughs> What's weird though is to some people, Prince is fucking nails on a chalkboard and it doesn't matter how good of a musician he is. It just doesn't click with their, their profile in their brain. You know, yep. like we, we go back and forth about shit all the time, like internally as a band and like every band does. And what it comes down to is what, a few of the people in charge can agree on or not. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Some stuff is good or not on, uh, in terms of like, will this be catchy or will it not? I but, think, you know, what I really appreciate is the effort that people put into stuff. So, you know, maybe it's not my cup of tea, you know, like Prince. God, it's just terrible. But <laughs> the fact that they're making it, I respect yeah, it. The, yeah. the fact that they are putting all this time and effort into it, no matter what it is, I can look at it and be like, you know, I don't love it, but I know that they put a lot of fucking effort into that. Yeah. And yeah. so I like that. You have the the, the Hansel outlook. Yeah. <laughs> the Hansel outlook. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> the Hansel effect. Yeah. All right. You know what's weird? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. We're done. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I love movies. I love, like, all things visual and all that stuff. But, like, still nothing kind of moves my, like, moves me like music does. Like still, like the right sequence of notes with the right like singer on top of it and things, the, these like patterns played out just in this like certain way. doesn't even matter what genre it is. Like I still find that to be like the most moving of all, of all art forms, you know? And it is wild. Like just to touch back on what you're saying, like some of the shit you listen to, I'm just like, I don't know how he listens to this. <laughs> and there's stuff like you too, like Streets Have No Name, I think is like a, kind of like a masterpiece to me. It's like, and you think it's like super boring. So yeah. how, how interesting is that? It's like, yeah. but that's what, that's what, I think that's actually like a net positive for humanity. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't understand people that really are into like, uh, like contemporary art. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. I've been to so many different museums where there's like a contemporary section. I'm walking around going. You don't get it. You don't get it for the same reason. I don't get it. I'm sorry. It's I like, just cut you it's off. It's like I, I look at it and I go. There's a fucking orange triangle in the corner of that <laughs> white canvas. But ultimate, what the fuck? <laughs> th that's what it is. What? Because ultimately, it doesn't make you feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't, like, I can't. Well, it does make you feel something. And <laughs> the feeling is, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But, like, but, you're not, yeah, but you're you not like, like, inspired or there's no, like, like, my favorite emotion is awe. And I would never, I've yet to come across a, some kind of contemporary art, something like that, like a, a Mark Rothko or something where I'm, like, awed. Does well, it make well, you, like, awe? No, even, like. I like appreciate that. That's like my joke flopped. Older, like you know, not <laughs> contemporary art, like what you would be like, like regular art, just like modern art. I mean, like no, what would be modern art? A lot of contemporary. You're talking about just like an orange triangle in the corner. Yeah, like, no, I don't like yeah. that. But even like the other spectrum of like art, like giant paintings, like nice, you know, mm -hmm. sceneries. And, I get how talented that person is, but I don't look at it and go, oh god. This makes me feel like this. But I've I bet you never, look at I bet you look at a dope, like hand drawn sketch, and and you're probably like feel different about that, right? Like yeah. someone that yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I get more excited about like a cool new version of like an Air Jordan Four than <laughs> yeah. than yeah. looking at like a Picasso. Yeah. I just I it just doesn't do anything for me. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of the highbrow stuff like that, I am automatically turned off by. It's kind of like wine, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, care. it's like wine. It's like, oh, ooh, did, you, wine. did you guys ever see Exit Through the Gift Shop? Uh, yeah, it's yes. the it's about um yeah, Banksy, right? Yeah. yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah, that dude just decided like uh, I'm just I, gonna steal all of this. No, 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 no. He started making his own art, and he was just like he's not he wasn't even an artist. He's like basically he just like get get a canvas and wait. Make. It's it's Banksy, right? That's no, the no, no, no. What am I thinking? Of? It's a dude that was like um he, I know he I've like, seen he this. Like, like videoed. Um, yeah. what's his name? Not yeah. Banksy, the other guy. Uh. The, the Andre the Giant thing. You know what I'm talking about? Todd Parker? I don't know. No, 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 no. What no, is no. his name? Uh, I'm, it's like the Obey dude, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he like, he, like, to, filmed this dude basically just, like, from what I remember, he, like, basically did, like, this really, like, almost unwatchable fucking documentary on this guy. They were just like, this is fucking so hard to watch. It's, it's just, like, a disaster. So they, like, recut it. And basically in the process, he was like, I'll I, just I, do my own now. I, I can do that. So he would just, like, bloop, bloop. But and, then, like, and then, like, he had his own art show and, like, almost, like, kind of, con like, it was like, oh, snooty, highbrow art stuff. This guy must be a big deal. Uh, I'll go to his art show. Like, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt showed up, people like that. And he's, yeah. like, it shows the scene where he's, like, pricing it. It's, like, this thing, just this, this thing. He just, like, blah, 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 blah. and they're, like, how much is this one? He's, like, 35 grand. Mm -hmm. uh, that one's, like, 60 grand, I guess. Yeah, I don't it know. It was so fucking weird. And all like these people just totally bought into it because it's, like, the, I guess more of, like, the uh, sheepish kind of tendency of... That world, you know? Yeah, it's like a, a smoke and mirrors, essentially. Yeah. Did you just mention mention sheep? Sheep, yeah. The guy's name is Shepard. Shepard Ferry. Shepard Ferry. Shepherd Ferry. Yeah. There you go. Isn't yeah, that yeah. weird? That's yeah. right. And yeah. he, he started that design firm, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I think within that documentary, there were, like, pieces that that other dude did that, like, were super similar to, like, what Shepard Ferry used to do. And he's just, like, looking at it going... I just know he goes... <laughs> he basically just went, I can do that, and just started... Do -do 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 -do, and just, like told people i'm a uh i'm like a really cool hip cutting edge modern artist you should buy my stuff yeah, and started, everyone's like, like okay dressing all different and yeah. stuff it was very bizarre yeah but beyond like so going back though i bet if i walked into like the 16th chapel or something that would be like holy fuck the 16th chapel would be cool <laughs> <laughs> i said the 16th I heard 16th. No, it's the 16th. The 16th Chapel. The 16th Chapel. It's in Imperial, Missouri. Uh, no, I'm with you. Like, if you saw that, you'd be like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. I even get like that when we go to Europe, and it's just like a fucking busted-ass stone building next to Starbucks yeah. that's like was... It's 800 years old. But I'm like, like, that moves me. But like if I went to like the Louvre and like saw the Mona Lisa, I'd just go, all right. My only thing that... She's that, an overrated piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk just, about a bait and switch. You just, called, you just called her a piece of shit. No, Andy Sandberg did. That's merely a quote. I get it. I'm just saying it's funny to me. Um, the thing that gets me about old art like that is just that it's old. Like to be near it is like, damn, someone made this yeah. Yeah. a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 300, whatever. Um, and having some amazing old shit like that here in St. Louis at our art museum, like my friend and I used to go and he, you remember the rollerblader friend? I probably told this story. The Norwegian dude? Uh, yeah, he's Finnish. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's like, he's the one that made me think of that for the first time. He's like, dude, let's go find the oldest painting in the whole museum mm -hmm. and try to touch it. Like, so we would like wait till the guards were gone and sneak up and just touch it. And just like that experience of, it's like connecting history. Yeah. It was like, it blew our minds, you know? Dude, it's like that same thing with old buildings and shit. It's like, man, 
It's like that, you know, it's like the dumbest thing, like if these walls could talk or whatever. But like, yeah. like how many people were like fucking murdered in this building or like just like, you know, like the history that's just in these buildings and like the yeah. fucking things that people went through, like generations of people lived and died like right there. And it's just like you're, I can just walk up and touch it. I guess I'm it's just fucking awesome. I'm just not super into that medium, I guess. Yeah. As far as like visual art, mm -hmm. I just, it doesn't, doesn't do anything for me, but modern art, especially. Yeah. I just go, what the fuck, dude? You're, you're in the vast, I would assume you're in the vast majority of pe people. It's like, it. I so I, I look at like that older art, like Picasso, things like that, and I go, I probably couldn't do that. But I look at some of the modern art and go, I could definitely do some splatter paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, just, that's how yeah. I feel about it. I think most people do. Dude, you know what really gets me sometimes is something that's really old that somehow is like survived st structurally. Like, yeah like a a chair a or like sword. a face or, or some shit like that like what did this all have to go through mm -hmm. to somehow survive and be in in this fucking case yeah. in this building like you know a 600 year old like little statue from some tribe in africa or some shit mm -hmm. that's fucking mind-blowing dude yep yep that stuff impresses me more than art i don't know why it just yeah. does dude this is super dorky but my wife insert my wife nah. um so her aunt and uncle live about a hundred miles outside of St. Louis and this like incredible farm, 600 acres. But the like geography, like the, like the terrain is so like unique to the area. There's like cliffs and mountains and like this giant river that goes through it. Like it's kind of for, for the Midwest, it's like kind of an anomaly. And every year when they like plow the fields and shit, there's just tons of spear points, like pottery arrowheads. Sweet. He like in his house, he has like, I don't know, fucking hundreds of them just like in frames and shit, like big ass, like 3000 year old spear points. And you can just look at the area and just go, yeah, I could see how like 15,000 years ago, native Americans would all like post up here. Cause it's like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like protected kind of, it's, it's just it, fucking dope. Well, yeah. But like, I mean like, like the area you're saying, it's yeah. just like awe inspiring. Yeah. It's awe inspiring. It's like this, this dude, I mean, it's like Missouri's pretty flat, like mm -hmm. in compa comparison, like a lot of other places in the United States, but there's like, this river, it just has this perfect bend and this like hundred foot cliff over it. And like, I don't know, there's, that's that shit even like seeing his arrowheads and spear points and stuff. I'm just like, dude, like somebody made that thousands of years ago, hundreds, if not thousands of years ago and like fed their family with it or like fought, fought off like invaders and shit. Like there's a story behind every one of those. And that, that's fucking awesome to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that shit. Yeah. yeah I have a buddy and, uh, Colorado and just kind of talking about like what's awe-inspiring to different mm -hmm. people like everybody kind of has their own thing yep. He lives in Colorado, right? So it's like you look around and you're like, oh my god, these mountains are fucking insane Yeah, and uh, he was talking on talking about it one time and he was like, you know I think that this is really cool But I don't think I'm as turned on by this as a lot of other people because and he, start, he started explaining He's like, well, you know I mean, these mountains are just like, you know, tectonic plates that like yeah. shoved together and like this is, it just happened. You know, this wasn't like this yeah. painting or whatever, but he said what really gets him is like huge cities. Just mm. looking at like the ingenuity mm. of humans, you know, mm -hmm. like looking at it like as a, like oh, from yeah. a macro level. And he's just like, that's fucking mind blowing that we could like somehow organize and go through. And he does like, he, he builds a lot of commercial shit and whatever. Mm. So he knows what goes into building these things. Like yeah, civil you know? engineering makes my brain hurt. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, dude. To like look at like a city and go, well, this road has to go this way, and this has to be a stoplight here, and it 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 hurts my brain. Dude, that's why I was talking about how Jill and I stopped at um, the Hoover Dam on the way back from Vegas, 
And it was like, I thought it would, you know, I knew it'd be cool, but I didn't think it would be as awe-inspiring to me as it was like on the level with seeing a bunch of other natural kind of things for that very reason. Cause it's the scale of it is so insane to look off the edge, like just out the window, there's that museum there. And then you go in and see all the, like a scale model of what, you know, one of the turbines looks like inside of it. You know, it's this big in the model, but it's 30 feet tall and how all that could, how, you know, like a century ago, they knew how to fucking do that. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind. Just the amount of like, human like cooperation and planning and mm-hmm. and all the fucking math and physics and everything that they have to do all to this little tiny minute level to make mm-hmm. it all come together yeah i'm definitely like you know uh awe is my favorite emotion and i'm definitely in that first camp like natural areas mountains and shit like that like that's when i feel like my, my, my most creative you know like even when i just go for like a trail run or some shit like i'm always um uh, quantifiably more create a feeling and just like more apt to create and i just feel better you know cities don't quite do that uh um in america the way they do in europe to me i feel that way in europe you know yeah yeah it's it's you know it's different to older people than it is to kids but the older i get the more places like europe that have a thousand two three four thousand years of culture that shit blows my mind yeah everything just looks cool it's just walking around it just i don't know i feel even though it's probably not I somehow feel safer when I'm walking around like Where? older shit, like in Europe. Oh yeah, like at night, like I just feel safer. I don't oh, know why. Okay. I just do. I yeah. think if you're, I think you you are safer. Like by like, yeah, probably. You know, by yeah. the statistic statistically, especially in places like Japan. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're just you're safe. I don't know. I wish everyone could travel, man, because especially going overseas and just even what we do. Talk, like, you know, we were in Fort Lauderdale last weekend. Like, just talking to people that live different than you and think different than you mm-hmm. and have a different set of circumstances that led them up to that point. Like, every, like it is, I think, just a really healthy exercise for people to talk to people outside their little fucking bubble. And that's, to me, mm-hmm. my favorite thing about touring, you know? Yep. You realize how much dumb shit you've thought and said in the past. It's like, man, I just had no perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. I just had no, like, empathy for other people and their struggles and yada, yada, and all that stuff. But it's kind of the gift of travel, you know? 100. Yep. Hey, uh, I don't want to go too long, but let's... I want to shift gears real quick and talk about... I'm going to travel to my house soon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about something I saw yesterday that really fucking kind of hit me. You know the YouTube channel Hacksmith? The Hacksmith? You know about this guy? Mm-mm. No. It's been around for years, but he... um he basically just builds cool things from pop culture, from movies, comic books, TV, whatever. Like he, uh, he builds big robots. He, his crew built like kind of a working lightsaber. Mm. It's actual, it's like a plasma cutter kind of thing, but it, it's fucking crazy. He, they build these big mech suits and all this, all this really insane shit. And his, like the, one of the, um, like the subtitle of, of his YouTube channel is make it real. You know, mm-hmm. so they did like a full actual steel Iron Man suit, like all this kind of shit. He wants to be like the real life Tony Stark. Like that's been his mission since he was a teenager. <laughs> but it's a huge channel, like incredibly successful, millions of subscribers, millions of views on every fucking thing. So much that they got their own shop, like their own facility that's like the size of this entire, you know, this entire block basically. Yeah. And they were renting it and they finally bought their own. It's on like acres and acres and acres, like 20 something acres. 
and they're building this giant thing because he wants to make it a business. He wants to have enough resources to actually like do R and D on real technology and actually like invent shit. But they're also a YouTube channel. So they're in that whole thing where you got to put up a video every week and yet it has to be optimized and all this kind of shit. So his latest video, it was the first time in a long time where I've gotten sucked in by the title. Cause you know, you know enough now it's like, ah, this is probably a bullshit title. I'm not going to watch this, but this one, it was him, a picture of him looking disheveled as fuck. And the video is just called why I'm not making videos anymore. Mm. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is probably some real shit. And it starts with like a minute of him looking like hell, looking like, you know, Owen Wilson when um, he went off by himself and was reading Don't Kill Myself books, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's just super depressed. He's like, uh, I did this for a long time and I don't know, that's not going to be the same for a while now going forward. And then it cuts to his partner who runs the business with him, who basically takes over the video. And he's like, look, we were going to release this video of him saying this whole thing, but we decided not to for obvious reasons. Like it, it's just very depressing. So he goes through the whole thing and basically like this dude's been struggling with mental health for years and masking it with overworking himself, mm -hmm. just like pushing it down by just staying busy. And it's the whole story of how he went from a day job that he didn't like to going full-time with YouTube. And he and his friend basically like took their savings and said, we have six months to make this profitable. And they did it and it got huge. And his dream became his day job. And on paper, he's living the dream, but he's so fucking burnt out that he's basically quitting and taking like a bunch of time off to just go like get help. And the business is going to keep running, but he's just like done. And it's so fucking depressing and hard hitting and hits close to home because, you know, you think about anything you do long enough and it becomes a job and you have to, you know, pay the bills and whatever you start doing stuff because you have to rather than because you want to. And even if, it's something that you would years ago look at and go, oh, that must be fun as shit to do if you have to clock in, so to speak. It's a whole different experience. And uh, it was fucking heavy, dude, because this this dude, this company's making fucking millions of dollars. This dude who started on YouTube with like a, how to do a backflip video now has this like, it, it reminds me of like Orange County Choppers. Remember when they, they got that giant fucking facility? They thought they were going to be like the next Harley Davidson and their show got canceled the next season. It just like... It really fucking hit home, you know? And it made me, like, number one, try to appreciate shit more, but then number two, fully empathize and go, yeah, well, yeah, sometimes you just don't fucking want to. doesn't matter how cool it is. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. I think everyone in this band or anyone that's ever done anything creative or went out of their own uh, and put in, like, mass amounts of mental energy and heart and blood and sweat and all that stuff has probably had moments where they feel like that. I think that's probably a universal feeling where some, like my version of that is I, I don't want to be away from my kids for too long. That's my version. I I'm, I'm, I feel super blessed that I, I probably like creating now more than I ever have, even like in the Page Avenue days, 10 times more than I ever did. But leaving is 10 times fucking harder. That's my version of that. I don't have the burnout version. I have the version of like leaving, you know, that tour we have to do, you know, we get to do um, in the spring that's like, the, the full long one, it's like, fuck, dude. I'm not going to see my kids for a long time, you know? Yeah. That's my version of that. I feel like most of us got to a place in like 2000, end of 2004, when we were doing our biggest tour ever. We talked about it, Nintendo Fusion, where we were just kind of over it because we were going nonstop for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, whatever, whatever it was at that point. I remember being at that place like, fuck, dude, I'm just so tired. 
not specifically physically tired. I was probably in the best shape of my life, but just tired of, we were doing the same thing every single night. And even though it was the best shows that we had ever played or whatever hope to play, we were clocking in, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it was more like, I want to make a new record, you know? Like I want to go home and just write instead of just playing shows every night, you know? I mean, that's, that's it though, basically, you know? Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying like, it was less like, it was less like, uh, Hey, I feel like I'm doing a job that I don't want to do because I always want to do it. But it was just like, I'd wear rather, I, dude, I don't care who you are. Play the same fucking eight songs for two years in a row. You'll be, if you know, if, if that's like your favorite thing in the world, like you'd be ready to make some new songs, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Not to be like Pollyanna and shit, but like it's a pretty fucking awesome problem to have, you know? Yeah, it is. But it, I, there is like the, the inherent thing with something you love becoming your job and the requirements to make it all work. Well, dude, also- It's not what anyone expects it to be until they get there. Dude, what you just told me about the Hacksmith guy, I think it's like to me, I think like what I took from that is like never underestimate like the battles people have. That mm-hmm. you just have no fucking clue. You can look at that and go, what? The guy's got, he's living his dream. Got this warehouse, all this money and shit. But like, if your head's not right, it's fucking all the money in the world. You can win $7 billion in the fucking lottery. And if your head's not right, your head's not right. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the moral of that story. You know? That's yeah. why I think like, I don't know, as dorky as it sounds and shit, it's just like fucking... Be a fucking good human, man, because you never know who the person you're communicating with or talking to. It might be the worst day of their fucking life. Mm-hmm. They might have a fucking kid with cancer. They might have a hundred different things going on. You just never know, you know, or yeah. they just might be fucking done like that guy is, you know, and it's just easy just to, especially on fucking social media, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's something also and that. I mean, I'm on a. You know, I'm not on the same level as you guys or especially the fucking <laughs> That's true. Smith or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, like when I quit my job and decided to go do like, you know, quote unquote creative stuff full time, um, I quickly discovered that the obligation that comes with creativity wasn't what I wanted. And and so, you know, I when I first started doing like photo and video stuff or whatever, it was just about like creating stuff and enjoying the process and whatever. But when it, when you start having to have that obligation that comes along with it, like, Oh, this is my job. Like, Oh, I have to make this thing. It has to deliver something. Yeah. I have to deliver this thing in a certain amount of time. And, um, and when things start feeling like it's like on a, uh, production line or something, you know, where it's just like, Oh, I got, I have to churn this stuff out. Then it's not fun anymore. And it's not creative. Like a lot of the stuff that I do now, which I'm getting out of currently, but um, like the thing that pays me all the money, I'm like, I can't do this shit anymore. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's like forced creativity and uninspired. Yeah. It's uninspired. And, and it's also like, I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not in, I'm not into that. Like I don't want to even be creative anymore. And a lot of stuff that I'm doing isn't even creative. It's just like, Oh, well here's like this exact fucking script that you have to go by and here's, you know, and you have to get everyone else's input on it. And then, you create the thing, but it's just like, just to get it done, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's kind of an, it, it it's an interesting point, I guess, uh, especially for people who are just clocking in every day. Sometimes it's better to clock in for certain people. There, there's certain people where, especially if they get into like a freelance situation, 
maybe they can't handle that. They can't handle mm-hmm. the fact that like, you know, you may not see a check for two months, you know? Um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a different kind of life to live. And I think a lot of people from that side of things would look at it like, oh yeah, they, you shouldn't be fucking bitching about this. You like, you get to take photos for a living, you know, whatever. You're not doing fucking construction or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes I kind of want to do construction. Like mm-hmm. I just want to go do the thing. I, I want to put my fucking headphones in and just put my head down and get the shit done and then go home, you know? Yeah. Um, and for some people that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You know, it, it's not always, you know, greener. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And once you get to that side, you realize that maybe this isn't what I really wanted, you mm-hmm. know, especially looking at it from that. What's his name? Hacksmith or the, not his name, but. Yeah. Hacksmith Industries is the company. Yeah. Hacksmith. The Hacksmith, I think is the YouTube channel. Yeah. And I mean, that sounds like a fucking dream come true, but you just don't know until you're actually experiencing it, you know? Yeah. I think there's also a thing like that they talk about where they're so focused on growth and the goals of making the company big enough to do X, Y, Z that you get caught up in this thing with the social media rat race and YouTube is as much social media as anything else in that regard. And that you start to get sponsors involved in things and you get all this extra overhead and like you just, it's like a lifestyle creep kind of thing, but on a corporate level. And at that point he went from not wanting to work for a corporation to being a corporation and having to fucking manage people and all this other shit where on the, on the flip side, I see a dude like Adam Savage who worked in TV and like worked on this, you know, TV broadcast schedule forever. And they had to, you know, do 22 episodes a year or whatever the fuck it was with the Mythbusters. And now his shit's totally scaled down and it's just him and his shop and they do some like sponsored things, but he kind of just, he doesn't do the podcast anymore. He just answers questions on camera. He'll build a thing that he wants and they shoot it. Sometimes it fucking fails and that's still the video. And the, at the end he's like, yeah, so this is one of those times when you try to do something and it fucking fails. And like, I hope, I know they know each other and I hope he's talking to him being, you know, a dude who's 15 years older, been through it. Cause there, there are like different ways to approach it. And that lifestyle creep thing, whether it's your job or your, you know, your house with all your shit in it, that changes fucking everything. Dude. I also think all this ties into something I think is absolutely crucial is to have shit, whether your job is your passion or your job is just what you do to pay the mortgage. I think it's crucial to the fucking human spirit is to have things you're really passionate about and hobbies outside of your job. Mm Mm-hmm whether you're a photographer, that guy, band member, whatever, like you got work can't be life. I learned that the fucking hard way. Cause you know, especially like right around in the wake, those couple of years there, like, dude, I put everyone and everything in my life on the back burner. Even my wife, like I, she was, she was second place to the band, you know, uh, everything dude. And it was just like 24 seven. I like a fucking complete and total, Naive, dumb dipshit. <laughs> I would brag about not sleeping. Like, pff, sleeping your... Me, o- Oaks and I. Shout out John Oaks. Sorry, I'm just about to fucking Joan on you, but <laughs> we both sleep when we're dead, right, bro? Yeah, bro. You know, like, go, 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 go. That shit is fucking dumb. It's not more any more productive. It's less productive. And uh, I'm a tenth of as happy then as I am now. The the happiest I've ever been in my life is when Story of the Year was the smallest <laughs> it's ever been. I started having kids and shit, you know, started realizing like, dude, there's so much more to life than like, I love my job and I love music, but like I, I have fucking 20 hobbies that I do outside of 
You got to have that shit, dude. Work can't be everything. You know, we all know people. I'm not going to name names. We know people that do the... Rise and grind, fucking, yeah. I'll sleep when I'm dead, bro. They do that because the minute they stop, it's like fucking anxiety, it's depression, it's whatever. It's like, if I don't have my work, I have nothing. And that's like, that's a really rough spot to be in, you know? That was this dude's thing that they kept reiterating. Like, he just suppressed it by working because if he paused... Yeah, I mean, we know, down like a ton of bricks. you know who, I don't know, Never mind. but so you got to have other shit, man. It's like, dude, I, I, what's worked the best for me over the last eight, nine years is like, my phone goes uh, uh, fucking away. Sometimes as early as like four, fucking four or five o'clock in the afternoon. When I go on vacations, my phone's put away. I treat my text like it's email now. Like I just batch do it. Like I, I spend a couple hours every day doing something not music related, not photo related, not work related. That's just fucking fun. Granted, I understand that's kind of a luxury, but like, you know, I have a, I'm self-employed, so I have a, 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 a lot freer schedule, but dude, half of my life is doing shit that doesn't make me money, but it makes me fucking stoked to be a human, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important too. But yeah, think about your motorcycle. When you get on your motorcycle, yeah. you're just fucking in the wind and right. it's like, you know, you need, like, we fucking need that shit, dude. Yeah. You know? I, you know, and I don't, we don't have to go into this whole thing and you can even cut this out if you want, but um, my whole thing now after doing the freelance thing and like seeing how things have changed and how I feel and you know, whatever, uh, my main focus now is making money with investments and stuff like real estate and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I can just make money that way. And then the stuff that I want to do, I don't have to make money with it. So if I want to do something photography wise or video or whatever, I want to do that shit for fun. I don't mm -hmm. even want to make money with it. I just, I want it to be like, I want to be excited to go take a trip and fucking take landscape photos or whatever it is I'm doing. And I don't, I don't want to get paid for it because then it's like, it feels like an obligation. You know? Dude, I went to Cooksville, Tennessee this weekend for a CrossFit competition and fucking photographed one of my really good friends doing something absolutely fucking incredible for free because it's like an inspire. It's like so fucking inspiring to me that he d is able to do that at that level. And I was like, I'm going to fucking document this shit with my camera. I fucking edit it and it's like no one paid me it just fucking feels awesome yeah but it's it's probably way more um satisfying with that final product you're like dude this is something i really was excited about mm -hmm. you put all of your fucking like creativity and passion into that fucking final mm -hmm. product and you're not even getting paid for it you know yeah no like hobbies i for some reason the word hobby is always hot what's your hobbies like if someone wants <laughs> the word hobby i don't know but like the older i get i don't know man that shit's crucial you got to have shit that you like to do. And I think, I think it's really healthy too, to have like stuff that you do that like doesn't involve your wife. That's like your thing. She has her thing. You have your thing. Like stuff My like, uh, I don't know. I, th I think like that is just super crucial, you know? Yeah. Personal time, alone time, self time. Dude, I've read a lot, done a lot of fucking, a lot of like the deep work and stuff. And I'm pretty sure that like when it all boils down to it, like, I don't know. If you can find shit to be excited about, like you're kind of just winning, you know, whether, what, whatever that is, like, that's kind of what it's all about. If you're excited about shit, you can't, you can't be like super excited to do something. And at the same time, be like anxious or bummed out or mm -hmm. this has to work. Well, I mean like, yeah. well, I mean, but like, the, like you, it's like, if it's a, uh, you know, it can't be like, um, I cannot think of a cool metaphor, but like something can't be wet and on fire at the same fucking time, I guess. I don't know. Like you, if you're really excited about something in that flow state and you're just like, this fucking awesome, you can't feel those emotions and fucking depression at the same time or anxiety or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, 
I don't know. Maybe that's what it's all about is just finding shit to be fucking excited about it. Maybe it's that simple, you know? Yeah. Secrets of life. We just figured it out. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you wake up excited to do something, it's like you can't also be the other stuff, you know? All right. Well, um, I hope Dan is safe on his journey to Phoenix. I hope he doesn't have to ford any rivers. I hope none of his oxen uh, fall ill. I hope he has enough supplies. Um, Dysentery. What? We should shout out. What's the station? What's the fucking show? Where, where are we playing? Because I don't know if it's sold out or not. It won't matter. We'll be home by the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the show will be played. Well, hopefully you were at the show. <laughs> uh, hey, can you... I, let, me, let me say something real quick. All right. I, I love having you on here, Drew. Because uh, I don't know. Whatever wiring... <laughs> Sorry, that's gonna be the video clip. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah, that could be the video. I, I, I'm happy to have you on here, dude. I don't do like, oh, the weather. Oh, that's a neat. But like, I like to fucking go deep, and I really appreciate like what you just did because I just my brain gets so bored to fucking death talking about like dumb shit, like surface shit. I can't do anything but go deep. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, real quick. On the flight to Fort Lauderdale, Josh had uh, four vodka orange juices in like 15 minutes, and got that Scoob's drunk. Where he, and he was talking so loud, <laughs> speaking about being excited about shit. You were like, you were on like a nine, right? And you were talking about cooking and oh, all yeah. your like meats and shit and all your barbecue and stuff and. You were talking about this loud. You were like, you know, I just get the ball. Oh, it's just so fucking good. I just put garlic on there. It's like, sometimes I don't even, I don't even eat the stuff. I just cook it for other people. It's like, oh, dude. You were excited about it. It's the key to life. Yeah. Right? And then, yes. Yeah. And you got up to go to the bathroom and the lady sitting in front of us was just like, oh, I'm so hungry now. I just want barbecue. You know? <laughs> just because she saw you get up and said that to me. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, what's your friend's name? Barbecue yeah. Scoops? <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I, it was it was it was nice to see how excited you got about that and how that's gonna that's gonna be the name of his uh YouTube cooking channel, Barbecue Scoops. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Old barbecue scoops. BBQ. Yeah, don't get burnt out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Burnt. We don't have any news to report since this is gonna be out. After the show, so never mind. The show was great. The show, show was, was awesome. Did you check into our flights? Yeah. You're the best. Did you do the thing? You're not on my thing, so you need to do yours. Fuck, okay. That's right. Um, why but, Why isn't Adam on it? Because he's staying an I'm extra staying day extra or day. something. Oh. So he had a different res. Oh, hey, I'll say that yes. on this. I'm staying an extra day because I'm going to uh, a live recording slash special event thing of The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, my favorite podcast that I've been listening to. <laughs> For like 15 years, and I met one of them, one of the hosts, through Telly from The Word Alive. Shout out, Telly. Thank you so much for connecting us. Because Evan Bernstein, one of the hosts, his daughter is a big fan of The Word Alive, and they met through the thing, and whatever. It, it all happened. They put me on the guest list. I'm going to the fucking show. It's going to be tight. That's cool. I'm so pumped. Standing an extra day. It just happened to be the day after the show. So I feel like most of your information comes from skeptics guide i feel like that's like your main source no for real i'm not like joan or anything but like yeah they're, they're my go-to like trusted filter for science yeah. and shit yeah yeah they're the shit shout out skeptics guide listen to them if you like science at all <laughs> like one bit if you don't though josh what do you have any recommendations Sacro!